Look, Cannon, we've done this back and forth so many times. Let's call a truce. How does that sound? Does that sound good? Yeah, I suppose. Excellent. Oh, Jonathan, it's good to see you. What's going on? Why do you have that? Oh my god, Cannon, look out! Jonathan! Por que? It's a travolting development. His movies are kind of shit. Fifteen years without a hit. Hey! It's John Travolta! Well, that's what we're here for. Oh, we're here no. to find out. We're no, here to answer no, the age-old question. Tonight, yeah. it's, it's not really, but... That question will be answered on the newest edition of Travolting Development. Hello, everyone. I am your host, Ken. We are recording, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard myself, so I kind of figured we were. Well, I mean, that's still coming through <laughs> these headphones regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Sometimes I block it out, sometimes I don't. It's kind of like an almond joy. Sometimes it just it depends on the placement down here, and sometimes it's like it's weirdly loud, and sometimes you can't hear it at all. Yeah, but welcome to Travolting Development, where everything is green, everybody's wearing sunglasses, but it's not the Matrix. And if you have a Sharpie, you too can have the sickest uh, pinstripe soul patch you have ever had in your life. I will be your host today, that Canon guy, but of course, along with me are... The people that don't have bombs strapped to their chest with multiple <laughs> ball bearings on it? I mean, I, I don't. But, you know, you never know. Maybe I just decided I mean, to I can use my eyes. <laughs> I'm wearing a big shirt. Yeah? You know, maybe I got some stuff under here because, you know... I'm your boy Shimmy. Like a dark night scenario. That was not like on the invitation. I left mine at home. <laughs> and sometimes I like to go boom. <laughs> I think it's in a different capacity. <laughs> Sorry, I just came back to reality. <laughs> Whoops, there goes uh, gravity. My name's John. Uh, Jonathan, real quick, um, what is your disassociation count for this film? All of it. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Who else is here? Well, he can't hear you right now. What? Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> You first, Pat. Oh, hello. It's Postman Pat. <laughs> it's Postman Pat. <laughs> wow. Gimmick infringement out the gate. Really? I feel attacked. <laughs> and as the new tradition, I mean, it's not a new tradition. It's been a thing since the second episode. Uh, this is Frank. Postman so- Frank's here. Yay! 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 I, as, uh, I, as I'm reminded repeatedly, I did dodge the fanatic. But uh, for the rest of the Travolting <laughs> development, I have been here. We're going to find true. a way to make you watch that. Yeah, we're... Yeah, it's bad. We're, we're working bit, on it. We're very, very sneaky. We, we got some things in the works. May have a wager in the future. A wager, To eh? see. But we'll, we'll just see. But, you know, today it is the 2001 film Swordfish, which I haven't seen this movie, and it has to be well over 10 years. Yeah, it was, it was a while for me, too. Yeah. Uh, I forget. I like. I remembered a lot of the craziest bits because God, how can you forget? Oh yeah. But you know some of the the more laughably bad bits. <laughs> Ugh, something. Also, I do have to apologize in advance. Um, uh, there's no beer upstairs, 
So we're no, switching to hard liquor. Yeah, tonight. no, no uh, tops getting popped. So um, you know, bourbon is making its first official appearance on Travolting Development. Hey, Cheers, can I get everybody! A round of applause for our man Bourbon. Yay, Bourbon! <laughs> oh man! So, but is, it, but is it good bourbon? I mean, somebody brought wild turkey at some point. I've had wild turkey in the past. It's not bad. Not a sponsor, and also not bad. Mixed properly. See, I, I have I have no point of context. Yeah. I'm just thinking about turkey as in the food. The turkey's <laughs> great too. Like normal turkey, I, I fucking love turkey. Meets the same. I, I do enjoy the Crown Royal. It comes with a free dice bag. I enjoy Ooh. I enjoy oh, butterball turkey. Uh, I enjoy yeah I enjoy the sliced turkey you get in the Dell Oscar Mayer sliced turkey the honey turkey. Uh, Auto's honey being attacked. Is what? Auto's being attacked. We already have Wait, insect. He's pointing at Auto, Auto, Auto he on the mic stand. Yeah, okay. We already have the insect attack for yeah, the episode. There's a, there's a fly on him. Oh, oh goodness gracious. And so it's headed for you because you called him out. Yeah. All right. So Swordfish was directed by uh, Dominic. Is it uh, Cena? Cena? Or is it Cena? I don't know. It's S-E-N-A. It's not that Cena. You couldn't see him. I mean, I, I, can't, I, I looked him up. I mean, I did see him. I mean, he's, but, not, he's not in the film. But, but surprisingly enough, we are going to see <coughs> this man's work uh, in future episodes of Cajun Greatness. He also did Gone in 60 Seconds and Season of the Witch. You know, I didn't hate Season of the Witch. Like, I was, didn't see that. It's, it's not bad. <laughs> it's a lot like this in certain respects in that it's completely batshit insane and over the top. But enjoyable in a weird way. And let's not forget what got him to the dance. Before he did all those movies, he directed a shitload of Janet Jackson music videos. That explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did He did a lot of music videos uh, for a lot of other artists, but it seems like um, Janet had him on payroll because did a lot of her music videos. And uh, his... Uh, Major um, film debut was 1993's California, spelled with a K, starring Brad Pitt, Juliette Lewis, David Duchovny, and Michelle Forbes. I've never seen or heard oh, of wait, that. that was, I think that was Pitt's first movie. Really? Yeah, it might have been. I'm not too sure. But um, a little uh, fun tidbit here before we get to the nitty-gritty and talk about how we feel about the movie. Uh, according to Metacritic... Um, uh, Sir Dominic is the seventh worst film director of the 21st century. Seventh worst. The seventh worst. <laughs> Top ten. Who did he beat out from not getting number one? Well, they were, didn't work on this film, so I didn't bother looking. But you, <laughs> but Yui Bowl was number two. I did remember seeing that. <laughs> well, who the fuck was number one? I don't know. Some guy I didn't know. I need to look that. Where, yeah, where, where, it's well, it's Jimmy, Metacritic. So worst. We are in act, front of a computer. Yes. Metacritic. I'm also holding a phone. I don't want to mess with the computer because it might mess with the recording. <laughs> Fucking pick one. I mean, <laughs> Metacritic's you know, worst film directors of I mean, the 21st century. Hostilities have already begun. Look, if somebody <laughs> tells me there's a director worse than you, Ebola, I have to find out who they think it is and why they're wrong. Because <laughs> like, the only other person I could think of would be Neil Breen, but Neil Breen's funny. Or Fred Durst. Well, Fred Durst was someone else. Another film. Like, Would you <laughs> consider him a director, though? I mean, on in paper, he has done the thing. Yeah, in in that, he in, did in, direct eight. Like Huey Bowles worse just in terms of quantity. That's the only yeah. reason. <laughs> they did have some weird criteria, though. Uh, I didn't like screenshot to, that or anything. But he you had know. to direct more than two. <laughs> like movies, like straight to DVD and stuff, didn't count for some reason. Do right, you want to know what? 
I, mm, yeah, I mean, I, mm. not as cut this and dry as you thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's uh, Friedberg and Seltzer who are known for such classics. Disaster movie. Yeah, epic oh, movie, date movie, God. Meet the Spartans, disaster movie. I mean, yeah. You know what? I'd say yeah. that's fair. Uh, I would say s- that's fair. Those are kind of supposed to be bad, aren't they? I would. Uh, so. Shit, I would. But I would have just to. Bad, like, like that would just be a two-way tie for me. <laughs> but for some reason, the guy who's number three, he uh, he did the Pokemon movies. Like the American Pokemon, the movie two thousand. Like, is it like the American adapt like dub or just the actual Japanese director of the? I, uh, just the Japanese director. I mean, granted, I've not seen Pokemon 2000 since I was a wee lad, but, like, I thought that movie was all right. <laughs> I mean, I can't... I think this movie... I think this list is a little sus. Mm, yeah. You know, so far... Yeah, I mean, these are... Oh, okay, I think, I think we've, like, kind of pulled the dick a little too long. Who's actually on the list? Go down the list. All right. <coughs> Excuse me. Of course, we, we start with Friedberg and Seltzer. Yes. Uh, and then it goes to Yui Bowl. Uh, then uh, Kunihiko Yuyama. I think that's how you pronounce it, the Pokemon director. Then Bryant Levant, who did Flintstones and Viva Rock Vegas. <laughs> Snow Dogs, Are We There Yet? And The Spy Next Door. Wow, those that that is a collection of gems. Number five is Rennie Harlan. Who's responsible for Driven, Exorcist the Beginning, one of the versions, Mind Hunters, The Covenant, 12 Rounds, and Five Days of War. I don't know. I don't think he's. Especially after Johnny Whitesell's number six, and that he's C Spot Run, Malibu's Most Wanted, which should get him top five by itself. That's not a good movie. Big Mama's House 2. <laughs> <laughs> Big Mama's Like Father, Like Son. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, then Dominic Senna. God, I'm still reeling from the fact that Malibu's Most Wanted is a fucking movie. <laughs> uh, and then Stephen Brill, who did Little Nicky, Mr. Deeds, Without a Paddle, and Jill Bit Taylor. I, I don't... Th- you know, three of those are fine. Yeah, I mean, those are definitely not the That's worst. That's basically of the Adam Sandler. Sandler's in-house director. Little Nicky is isn't bad. I will. I will. I love Little Nicky. Like it's not good. It's I not good. It. I love that movie. Like without a paddle is legitimately a, a fun movie though. Like I won't hear That's any slander for that Seth, shit. Seth Green, Dax right. Shepard, and Matthew, Matthew Lillard. Lillard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a fun, solid, and Mr. Deeds was actually really heartfelt for a Sandler movie. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then Dennis like Dugan one. is number nine. He's responsible for Saving Silverman, National Security, The Benchwarmers. I now pronounce you Chuck and Lynn. I'm sorry, I'm throwing a Hey, I will not. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. All right, Eric, you can just hold the goddamn phone right now. Anybody who has any ill will against uh, Saving Silverman and The Benchwarmers can have a good goddamn conversation with this Look, guy. The only reason I don't like The Benchwarmers is because, uh, please excuse the crinkling, Jonathan has chocolate covered peanuts. <laughs> Uh, the benchwarmers because Rob Schneider is such a shithead now. Yes, that's true. But I, I okay for Dennis Dugan, I'm not gonna be shitty about it because he also did. You don't mess with the Zohan, and I fucking love you. Don't mess with the Zohan. And I, I'm sorry, I, like and yeah, I'm a little Pokemon mm, biased, but like I do not for him, for him to be like number three on this list. It's like what? And then number he ten, he must have done some like garbage. No, it was just Pokemon. It's Pokemon the movie 2000, Pokemon two, Pokemon three. It was the Pokemon movies. That's all that guy's on there for. But they're that, not bad. They're, they're, like, they're serviceable kids movies. I know. Uh, and number 10 
is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Pathfinder, Friday the 13th, and the 2011 Conan the Barbarian from Marcus Nispel. So yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy in particular. How dare I don't know. You? The remake of Friday the 13th wasn't the worst out of all those horror remakes. It wasn't remakes. terrible. I just hate him for Conan the Barbarian. I hate <laughs> For what reason I exactly? I wonder why. Actually, it's that, one, that one's not even purely for Momoa. I hate everything about that movie. <laughs> so, um, Swordfish is it's starring Hugh Jackman. Swordfish, yes. Uh, Halle Berry. We hope you enjoyed the preamble. And uh, Don Cheadle and, of course, John Travolta and his... Gross soul patch. It's so bad. It's, it's not even a it's patch. It's drawn it's on. Soul line. Like that was my sharpie pit from earlier. That motherfucker <laughs> was drawn on. But anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're gonna go around the goddamn room and we're gonna say how we feel about sure. this movie. I like it. Yeah, we're gonna we'll get up and walk around the room and give our reviews while I playing musical that. chairs to the soundtrack to this movie. I feel like that would be difficult given the sound setup. We can make it happen. We'll we can just slide the tables over. No, we'll, live we'll just, on the show. It we'll wouldn't just, be the weirdest thing that has happened on this fucking yell show. Yell into the true, general direction true. of a mic as we're walking in, around the table. But no, we'll I see, mean, we've done that before. It will get hard once we get to, to this end. We'll just have to climb underneath the table and avoid the water. I will say I'm very interested because uh, I did pick this movie. I didn't do what I did last time and put it in a wheel i legit just wanted to pick something that i wanted to see mainly because like i remember watching this a lot as a kid and actually enjoying it and i wanted to see if i still did but first (laughs) captain shimmy how did you feel about swordfish uh you know you guys know that when i rate things i usually tend to go higher than most people would yeah yeah this movie is fine it's mediocre it's very 2000s, very late 90s, early 2000s. Very much so. It's green tinted. It's hackers. It's like seeing how much they just straight stole from the Matrix is hilarious <laughs> to me. Uh, and, you know, it's it's fine. So it's it's one of the most damning sort of finds that a movie can be, you know, because the, the mediocrity is worse somehow than a terrible movie. Because at least for a terrible movie, you're like, how did this happen? Like, well, what's going on here? Why is this a thing? Or, or it just crosses the barrier into just fucking fantastic. Exactly. But this is aggressively mediocre. And so I gave it two and a half stars. Because it's just... Like, it's not technically bad. It's decently acted for the most part. Uh, I never once felt like Travolta had an air of menace to him. It felt like he was play-acting tough guy, but that's normal for Travolta. Uh, Hugh Jackman was really early in his career, but he wasn't bad. He was suitably uh, charismatic. Halle Berry was just Halle Berry, like every other role she's ever done. Uh, and I'm including Monsters Ball. Fucking fight me. Uh, so, yeah. It's two and a half stars. It's it's just there. This movie was there. Fair like, enough. I, I, if you ask me to remember as many specific scenes from this movie as I can, aside from the weird trivia that I've had in my you head mean, for 20 years. You mean the already, years. like, encyclopedia knowledge you had <laughs> yeah. in the film? No, that's, like, the making of, I knew a bunch of shit. But the movie itself, like, I, I've, most of it's just forgotten. Like, it's just explosions and green tint. As we like to say in the business, Thanos snapped out of our memory. Yeah. <laughs> and by business, it means this show. Yeah, this particular <laughs> podcast from which we've netted a grand total of, I think, $13.50 <laughs> from merch sales, which you can get at tpublic.com slash user slash Cajun Greatness. Roll uh, time. Which is $13 more than anyone else had in this room before. <laughs> 
think I spend that more on, uh, that much on snacks when I come over here. That thirteen dollars is what bought us a couple of the movies we've already watched. <coughs> Frank, like, that like, was our T-shirt, but you blew it on snack. <laughs> We're in the red now. Shit! Now, damn it! There's, now we have to go rob a bank. There's only so many munchies a man can eat. <laughs> Not a sponsor. Oh. I hate that I stole that bit from Good Mythical Morning, and I'm I'm still a new fan of that show, and it's been around for like what a decade. Oh, it's over. been a while, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fine. Everything's stolen from somewhere. Everything's stolen. I mean, from we're talking something. about a movie that's basically the Matrix, but without the being in the computer. And depending bit. on who you talk to, they stole the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah very true, very true. Anyway, Jonathan, how did you feel about Swordfish? Uh, I'm just going to cut to the chase. I fucking hated this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I hate. And there were multiple times. I, I I I was trying to stick with the movie as long as fucking possible, but it, it the movie just kept doing things to intentionally piss me off. And, and, and the thing is, the thing is, what Shimmy said is like a hundred percent correct. It's not that the movie is like the worst thing ever. It's just like such like. D like D plus to like C minus material. The, the stuff that like barely scrapes by is like okay, this is technically a movie. I, I I will say I will push back on the the acting bit. I think there like some of this acting in this movie was just outright bad. Oh no, like, some of it was bad, but like the lead stuff was fine. Yeah, well, I mean, like to me, like. Travolta in particular was really fucking stiff, and like with Hugh Jackman, this is like one of his first like big movies. Yeah, because well, like what? Because what? X Men was what? A year before? No, two thousand. Was right? two, Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. Well, Travolta was trying to be menacing, which and, is why he's so bad at being menacing in this movie. That's because he, he's stiff. And, and we talk about the dude's fucking soul patch, but his hair. It looks like a Lego piece. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the highlights. Those sweet-ass 2000s, and, early 2000s like highlights. Every time he moves, it, it's just, it, it looks just like a fucking block on his head. <laughs> that, is, that is like industrial strength gel he's got. Oh, yeah. That, that shit, that is shit not, did not move at Hugh all. Hugh Jackman had those frosted tips, too. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, uh, could, uh, they could have been more frosted, though. I that, that, that is it true. Was, okay, did anybody else frosted. notice that him and Halle Berry had the same exact hairdo? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they did. It was great. <laughs> uh, Halle Berry was fine. And <coughs> Hugh Jackman was fine. But, like, just, I, I, there's a lot of, like, individual choices in this movie where I'm like, I wouldn't have done that. I will no, say. No, I, that, 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 that's not a good look, Chief. Don Cheadle was good, though. Don Cheadle was all right. Yeah, I mean, for this movie, like, comparatively, he was good. Yeah, yeah like, with the material, he... And also, they wrote that part for him. Like, specific, like the director said, oh. if we get Don Cheadle, just fuck everybody else. Just get Don Cheadle. Which, oh, okay, cool. I mean, they got their man. And, yeah. and I will say this. Unlike in the movie Don Cheadle. <laughs> ah, <laughs> but I will say this. Like, the movie feels like there should have been, like, 30 more minutes. Oh, God. Oh. Why would you wish that? I don't, I don't <laughs> wish for this to happen. You mean you wish it would have given us what some websites told us the actual runtime was? I think it was like over two hours, like two hours and 12 minutes for but some like, reason. This movie feels like it's, it's like a book. It's like an hour in hell and back. Like there, there's like the, like character development moments with like you could set up with Don Cheadle, the whole relationship uh, Hugh Jackman has with his wife. 
But, like, a lot of times the things get, like, set up and you don't develop them. You just kind of, like, set them up, leave them over here. And then by the third act, they come rolling back around. I'm like, okay, I have no emotional stake in this. But I will say this was one of the longest hour and a half movies I've watched in a long time. Oh, yeah. It was not like, fun. Yeah. Was... But enough of my rambling. Uh... I don't think you rated it. No, you didn't. Uh, oh, uh, just like a flat two. <laughs> okay, to me? So, yes. Oh, yeah, let's go right. Frank. Uh, I'm pretty much like Shimmy. I rate things high normally, and uh, I agree but with pretty much everyone. This is like a mediocre movie. It just has uh, what we consider stars in it right now, in Travolta and Jackman and Halle Berry and Cheadle. They're okay in it. They're like acting the level of the movie, which is mediocre, and this the 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 script and the plot. It, it is just a mediocre heist movie. There was nothing to make it stand out except for maybe the most expensive pair of boobs, because apparently they paid her five hundred thousand dollars extra just for the topless scene. Halle Berry, uh, yes. yeah. And uh, no, it was a uh, Hugh Jackman. Huge. Yeah, <laughs> we need to see them John next. Travolta's titties are the most expensive titties <laughs> on the market, ladies and gentlemen. Now listen, but, here, I mean, punk. they're yeah, it, they can't. Uh, they referenced several times about misdirection stuff, and almost none of that was not expected. Yeah, yeah, or so, like satisfying. It, it's like if you go to back in the day, movie gallery or blockbuster. And look at the B-level heist movies and just pick one of those and just drop some stars in it. Yeah, like the only difference between this and uh, Double Team with Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dennis Rodman is that this has a slightly bigger budget. Yeah. But other than that, it's just it's, it's early 2000s dog shit. Yeah. It's just this is a polished turd. And, and, and like Shimmy, I'll probably give it two and a half because it's right there middle of the road. It's not horrible. It's not good. It's aggressively there. It's okay. Yeah, I feel it's like, like if you were if you were doing laundry or something on a Saturday, and this was <laughs> on, you might keep it on. I feel like the like, and I know I'm not the only one who said this, but like the late '90s, early 2000s was like desolate for like fantastic movies. Most of it was doo doo. Mm. Look, when you, when you change from one century to another, like it takes some time to acclimate to the rest of it. I mean, uh, yeah, it's like, oh yeah, ooh, Fight Club, ooh, American Psycho, American History X. Like, yeah, those are all good movies, but <laughs> this, that to me that feels like the exception that proves the rule. <laughs> Pat, what did you think? Um, well, I, I, I of course you know nothing new here. I agree. Uh, I will say I feel like I had more fun with it. Like it's just to me it was just silly, dumb bullshit. I have just like weird, not non-ironic love of the early 2000s. Like I think I have I take enjoyment in the weird green shit and like every and like just the inexplicable fashion. Like I thought the, the what the daughter wearing was just so incongruous. As like, yeah, this is very 2000s. Um, I feel like you know it's dumb, it's silly. I had fun. Um, two stars. Overall, I feel like that's a respectable score for the film. Um, I, I feel like I didn't have anything that just like 
Okay, well, there's definitely like some dodgy bits, but like <laughs> as we'll get to, but I feel like I wasn't like upset, and like you know, I I felt like I, I had a, a pretty enjoyable time. I knew I was getting in. It's like this is a a silly movie, so uh, yeah, fair enough. And here we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wore this movie out on VHS because my uncle owned it, and I've said it. Countless times, I wore I wore movies out back in the day. I'd pick one and just go for a hot minute. And this was one of them. And really enjoyed it back then. And watching it tonight, uh, I can't lie, not a lot has changed. I, uh, I, the rare instance here, I enjoyed this movie a hell of a lot more than everybody else did. And again... I'm not saying, you know, we talking about the dead horse getting beaten here. Fucking, you're not getting Citizen Kane at all, all right? You're getting that, that neon green-tinted everything that fucking Fight Club and The Matrix did. Hell, you even get a basically pulled from The Matrix shot where they did that weird camera bit that wraps around slow-mo and whatnot. No, that that was actually... They used the same technology from The Matrix shot to do that one, yeah. And it ended up being more expensive, right? Yeah, because they destroyed a lot more shit as opposed to just Keanu (laughs) on a green screen. But I feel like everything comes back around. Uh, That being said, I think we are now in a time... Granted, you know, these movies came out 20 fucking years ago. This movie is now 20 years old. It's around... uh, I feel like... If this movie would have came out 10 years ago, we probably would have been singing a different tune. Like, I'm, I'm not saying, like, as an excuse, like, oh, let's put, like, Stallone in it or whatever. But for what it was, just a silly heist with a mediocre heist plot. And John Travolta not even given the best performance I've seen on this podcast. <laughs> so, um, however... I thought Hugh Jackman was pretty good. If you squint uh, hard enough, he looks like George Michael, and he probably should have played him in a movie back then. Yeah, no, he even had an earring yeah. too. Yeah, no, yeah. And also, I'm gonna say it at that one point when he was in a suit, young Hugh Jackman could have been a damn good Max Payne. Fuck you, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Just fuck that movie in general. I'm, I am giving <laughs> Swordfish. Sword. Sword. Three and a half stars. Oh, all right, all right, all right, all right. I will say, like, the biggest issue I have with Travolta specifically is that he can do menacing. Yeah, he can. Just look three years later to The Punisher, which, you know, you said that was a possibility. He said, I kind of want to watch it. I might go home and watch that sometime this week. I like that movie, the Thomas Jane one. He was really good at being menacing in that one. Now, again, that's not, like, the best movie. I like that movie. It's really, it's, I enjoy it quite a bit. Has problems, but you know, two thousands was what yeah. happens. But he was good at being menacing in that. He was not good. He, he was going for this weird mix of charm and menace, and and he aimed right for the middle of both of them, and he landed somewhere in weird and awkward. Yeah. I, yeah, he, he, he did, did come off really creepy, awkward though. at times in this film. Like he I was, even saw Michael. Like, yeah. The previous yeah. movie in a yeah. few shots of this film. You got to admit, though, he did nail creepy because he was hella creepy in this. Oh movie. yeah, no, yeah. he was super. But it like, wasn't creepy from him being like a terrifying force. It was more like, is he an android? This is uncanny. And talk about a who's who of like uh, pre MCU and one big uh, MCU actor in this film. 
Yeah. You got John Travolta from The Punisher. You got Wolverine. You got Storm. You got the Juggernaut, bitch. Yes, Vinny Jones is in this movie. Yep. Yep. That sure actually is. made me happy until he had that really fucking awkward line earlier and later on in the film. <laughs> I we'll talk about him that seem later. Extra bad. Like, I, like even with all the silly bits in this film, that was the one part when I was just like, okay, they they gave Vinny Jones like one fat chunk of dialogue, and that was it. I would have much preferred, I'm the juggernaut, bitch, over what he said in this film. <laughs> and, you know, that was that. So, anyway, I guess now we start chomping at this fucking uh, swordfish, eh? Sure, why the is swordfish this fillet. so fucking rapey? Yeah, yeah, that is weird, right? Just, from the get-go. From the get, like right off Jump Street. It is, uh, uh, kind of gets weird there. It's like, uh, like, like the movie's like really horny, but it's like, Predatorily horny, like you have like you know the yeah. the prerequisite, like oh little ass and titty shots from just like it's it's like someone who has absolutely no familiarity with what is actually sexy or interaction with women, writing what they think is sexy interaction with women. But that's uh, that's what the interaction is. But yeah. I think they, like, just, a lot of the rapey stuff is toward. Like Hugh Jackman's. Yes, case. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, they're, oh, this is going to be sexy. No, you're basically. I know. He's being sexually assaulted. He's like, being assaulted. Yeah. for some reason, <laughs> that scene in particular, it, it's so like aggressive that it made me forget the wee chuck that happened before all of that. Like, I know, like Halle Berry's character shows up and is basically looking for uh, the best hacker in all the land. Mm. It was Hugh Jackman. I don't remember anybody's name. Don't fucking ask me to remember characters. No, it doesn't matter in this movie. It's oh, fine. yeah. Thank God. They didn't want you to remember their names. Oh, that's Halle Berry. Yeah, pretty much. There's Halle Berry's tits. Interesting fact about that opening shot where they're golfing, though. Yeah. Hugh Jackman is actually really fucking good at golf. So he was intentionally fucking up his shots because those were real shots. Yeah. Halle Berry was not good at golf. She had to take lessons for like a week before she did that. So thing. Hugh Jackman put on Halle Berry's dress and then shot and then <laughs> hit that ball. Is what you're telling me. He does have nice legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Halle, Halle Berry did li- look super hairy in that shot for some reason. I, I didn't really understand. <laughs> it's it. real weird. Like, like, you see, like you see Hugh Jackman's like, like hair poking out from the pantyhose. <laughs> it's like that scene in Men in Black when they're in the, the tunnel and the car goes upside down and Will Smith falls down. But when he gets back up, it's a bright white pale leg from the stuntman standing instead of Will Smith. Yeah. That yeah. always bothered me. <laughs> but, like, for real, like, what happened before that? Like, before, like, Halle Berry was introduced? Because something happened, and I can't fucking tell you. <laughs> you, well, you, oh, my if, God. If you remember, this thing uh, opens with them in the coffee shop. Yeah. And him oh, giving, there's, he, uh, Travolta's No wonder, because it starts. this huge lecture. An hour and 15 minutes in. Yeah. in movies, and then we watch a movie that has zero realism yeah. there's in the, it. Uh, there's the opening shot for the cafe, and then it goes to the airport where that first hacker, who doesn't matter gets yep. arrested and then we go to Travolta or to Hugh Jackman and Halle Berry and get- it's like the movie kind of opens in media res a little bit because like here, here's like this big you know action opening and then it's like how'd we get here woo, woo. Wait, like, one of the hostages explodes which, the which begs the question like if 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 you didn't you wanted the best guy why didn't you just go for Hugh Jackman in the first place yeah there's a lot of <laughs> A lot of questions. Well, Well, that's kind of explained because the guy said he's been working for him already. Yeah, Yeah, that's fair. And Hugh Jackman's character is on parole and being watched by the feds. Yeah, So when his normal guy gets tagged, and because Hugh Jackman, like, made the Hydra thing that they – the program's called Hydra. 
Another Marvel connection. Hail Hydra. He made the Hydra program that they used to siphon off all that money. Yeah. And he's the only one who knows where it is. So that's why they have to get him. But uh, let me tell you how they recruit this poor fellow, okay? So, um, by the time uh, Hugh Jackman meets John Travolta, he's like, hey, can you uh, crack this, um, what was it, like CIA database or something? Uh, DOD. Oh, yeah. yeah. A Department of Defense is like, no, I can't crack that. He goes, what? In 60 seconds. It's like, yeah, it's like the best cracker can do it in 60 minutes. I need somebody to do it in 60 seconds. At this point, they he has a gun to his head from the juggernaut, Vinnie Jones, um, while receiving fellatio from some woman that's been sitting next to him the whole he time. He's getting his dick sucked. Yes. Yeah, uh, it's very not... From a rando. Yeah it, yeah, it did not seem very consensual. Yeah. No. And, and, no. And it wasn't. No, no it wasn't at all. His arms behind him. Yeah. And then, yeah, and, yeah. Well, they, they had to let his arms go to fucking type away at the keyboard while and, and, he's and trying course, to hack into And, of course, thing. the movie doesn't even acknowledge it as such. But it was like, you don't, you didn't have to have that element to it at all. You could literally just have the gun to his head and that be... Be because that, that's enough tension right there, but it's kind of like they had like a like a sexy quote in the meat. You have to have this much sexual content in your film, just like, oh man, <laughs> make him get get his dick sucked. But what I thought was kind of like weird and funny is like as like Hugh Jackman's frantically trying to like not bust while he's typing away, is that Hugh Jackman's like, yeah, she's really good, right? Like, like get my best dick sucker on the job over here. <laughs> Like, like it, it, it's just it, so bizarre. Like, it, and this, like you were saying, it's so like uncomfortably, like creepily and predatorily horny. Like, like the and on top of that, like a lot of the movies around this time had this like fucking grime filter over it that looked like everything was covered with the hepatitis alphabet. <laughs> yeah, like, but if like you put I it feel- on Breaking Bad, everything's okay though. <laughs> Which, I yeah, mean, the, I'm just going to say it. I love Breaking there, Bad. There, there, there's I speak a much the truth. tasteful way. Like, Breaking Bad, it makes everything, like, like cool and, like, westerny and whatnot. But no, and this this just makes it gross. It's like it's like everyone is just, like, right before they get ready for the shot, it's like, okay, everybody line up and they're just, like, spraying with bacon grease. Yeah, it's like everyone <laughs> in the shot looks like they would smell like salty garbage. Yes. Hell, I'd argue Training Day did it before they did. Everyone has swamp ass. Not really green, but you know it had that brown tint over everything. It's, it's yeah. like they, it's like they realize Ooh, that color gels can go over yes. the camera lens, not just the lights. It's, it's <laughs> called the gritty filter. Yeah, gritty. It's like the Fight Club There's fight a... scenes, but dancing instead. <laughs> yeah. I, I love how the movie, this movie. It's like you can tell like what Hollywood is just figuring out. Like it's just figuring out the internet. It's just figuring out. EDM and electronic dance music <laughs> yeah. and, and techno and just figuring out nightclubs, dance club, that's a thing. <laughs> yep. I love how every movie like this tries to make hacking look sexy or interesting when it's just some nerd sitting at a keyboard clacking in letters. It's that's usually a, that's not even all the it is. They just start a program to run. Yeah. And then just wait. Well, I'm saying uh, that's yeah. what it really yeah. is. It's not the cute little geometric uh, geometric designs and stuff that you that Hugh Jackman had flying all over the screen yeah. to yeah. his techno music and dancing around and you know trying to make it in, uh, something that's mind-numbingly just boring, interesting to watch on screen because it's not. And they failed because it is still fucking boring. <laughs> <It's> still boring. <laughs> I, what I thought was I think it's funny is like 
John Travolta introduced, like, okay, this is your super hacker computer. You're going to break into the treasury and get this money. And it's usually just a regular computer with, like, seven monitors on it. And, like, just, and just like, really stretched out. It's, like, it's not even that big. And, no. of course, this is, like, before, like, regular on it could tell, like, what a supercomputer is like oh a computer is more powerful when you have more monitors on it <laughs> yeah because that's how that <laughs> oh well it was super cool because they had this thing designed going from one screen to another god that thing looked like it was rigged with pvc pipe it was dumb another fun fact <laughs> all of the screens were blank during the making of the movie and they put it all the screens and shit in in post oh why nice. not surprised ah. there um, yeah there were a lot of cg choices in this film and i was like why like that I mean, I, I get why there's a scene where, like, one of the ball bearings that is strapped to, like, multiple, like, human claymore mines, and it, like, rolls up in Hugh Jackman's face. And I know that it has to be CG to get the effect that you can see his reflection in there, but, God, it still kind of looked like Dookie. And the blood. Don't but forget the blood. I, I will say in the movie's defense, like, the CG wasn't, like, offensively bad, like, a lot of movies at this time. It's well, definitely dated, but it's not the worst I've seen. Because they didn't yeah. do they didn't do that much of it, so that was good. I mean, well, like, that, that too. Yeah. Like you have like the this I guess the CG just to kind of make the the tracking shot of the big like three sixty explosion and the little like like pachinko ball roll. So like what little CG there is in the band. I, I will say one of the things that I was sort of impressed by is just kind of like. The certain scale of a lot of the practical stunts, like with you yeah, know, yeah. with the helicopter coming in to pick up the bus and the flying the bus through the city, like that obviously took a lot of time and effort. Oh yeah, that was so, cool. So that was pretty solid. Yeah, that was cool to look at. And they did a really good job of the visual effects, and, and that's why the the movie costs so much to make, like a stupid they, amount of money. Yeah, a stupid amount of money, and did not make much at all because it was not a good movie. It, uh, it made uh, well, it cost about a hundred million to make, and I think it made something like a hundred and forty, hundred and fifty, one hundred forty-seven million. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sound like they got a robber band to recoup. I mean, they, they made some money, but not that much yeah. back. Yeah, that was globally. Yeah, like, that, was, that was globally because they never put like the production or the the promotional costs inside the the overall movie costs, and it was easily. 20 30 million because that that movie was everywhere like on the commercials the ads i wouldn't be surprised if they lost money on that when all was said and done once again remember the (laughs) remembering the comic book ads for swordfish i was about to say like swordfish was totally a movie that had fucking comic book ads yeah oh i can see that right now yeah because it was grainy and black and white (laughs) except for the green logo that was that matrix font yeah just the three of them standing there to put, I would say, put it in in today in a very, very recent parlance was Swordfish, the comedic Cabello Cinderella of its day. Oh God! <laughs> now, kill me. now that that shot that was pulled from the Matrix, I will say, it was a fucking rad ass shot. Yeah. I did enjoy it was, that yeah. shot. Yeah, I think I read somewhere that when they were editing it, it had them so fucked up they didn't know what was real and what was like CG by the time it was done. They're just like, oh, God, what just happened? <laughs> well, they got confused by all the green that's green. We can't tell what's the real green what's the fake green. <laughs> like, it, yeah. I will say it had more of a – I don't know if it was just our TV or it had, like, like more of a blur effect as, like, the rotation was going. Oh, I, yeah. I feel like what I remember of at least the first Matrix movie, it, was, it looked way cleaner. Yeah, well, I, I think, like, having it clean here – wouldn't have worked as well because the thing is is like the movie starts 
with that that god awful pretentious ass fucking speech that John Travolta gives. I'm like, oh no, here we go. <laughs> and then that 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 shot happens. I'm like, okay, that was pretty cool. And then <laughs> it's just all downhill from there. And, and it, it never recovers, even well, up to the that. The rapiness beat. begins right after that. So yeah, then it's yeah. like gives you a bad taste to like. I feel like uh, like so uncomfortable. Like during the whole thing, I was just like. Because yeah. not long after that initial Hugh Jackman rape scene, then you have the scene where Halle Berry's topless and it just lingers. There's no good reason for it to be there. And then shortly after, that's not counting Hugh Jackman in the movies, uh, the porn star ex-wife who's keeping their daughter from, who's also addicted to all of the opiates and married to the porn producer who puts her in movies. They, they make a point to, like, oh, porn star sleazy bad. That's the whole thing. Like, the director actually told the actress... Make them hate you in the first 10 seconds. Uh, and it worked out because she ends up very, very dead. Yeah. Very dead. Uh, but then you move on to Halle Berry uh, being mostly naked when he finds out she's got a wire. And he reaches out and snatch- Hugh Jackman snatches the wire off of her uh, while she's naked and also sad and crying and shit. And it's just there's so much just weirdly unpleasant horniness. And that goes to outright rape in a couple spots. And it's it's just so weird. Like I feel I feel bad for Halle Berry in a few instances because like she's kind of just there to be like the sex symbol. And it, and there's she, like she's the femme fatale. And but like she doesn't really do much though. Like she's yeah. just kind of like you just see her titties and different various ways and like super skimpy outfits. And like there's a certain way. That they really like, just like ogle Halle Berry, and it kind of makes it feel like, hey, look, check it out! Like the the hot, sexy woman in this movie is black. Isn't that groundbreaking? Like it seems like a little weird, and that is like later on juxtaposition with the with the fact that basically a black woman is lynched on fucking so on the oh, screen. Yeah, yeah. Forget about that. They hang her by a, a winch. Like they they fucking they, hang her. Yeah, and, and, and it just holds on like you see her in the background and I'm and I am really uncomfortable. I'm like, I do not like any of that. You did and I know they they probably didn't even realize it or think about it. They, they, they realize the implications of like, oh wow, this is problematic. Yeah, it's like you were invoking it, some very it, uncomfortably powerful imagery. For what necessarily? Like there, there, there are multiple things you can do in its place. Well, I, I get they had to put her in uh, imminent danger of, of dying, and that's a good way to do it. The way they did it, however, the ramifications of lynching a black woman on screen did not think through that at all. No. And plus, it just seems so weird that they had like this, like, oh, this is a tension moment because, like, the daughter just got safe and, like, got away. So, like, oh, fuck, we kind of blew her load there. Let's bring the other emotional attachment we have in this film, this, this other female character, this woman, and, like, put her in a heron situation, like, not five seconds later. And it feels like, it, it, like, it, that point, it's like, that's actually really clunky. And, like, the way they chose to imperil this woman. Yeah. It's like a really objectionable way to to do that. Definitely. And sort of jumping off a point you said, it feels like the movie opens up like a few plot lines, doesn't really develop them, and then kind of 
clumsily like shuffles them together by the third act. Like the whole thing with Hugh Jackman's wife and the daughter and stuff felt just really very tropey. Yeah, and, and just like really out of place in, in this like neo noir trying to be Hitchcock thriller. And, and the, like, like yeah, the, what you're what what you're saying is one of the reasons why it's a mediocre movie is because they immediately had to make her and her uh, new husband evil, so they made them immediately just porn like, uh, a financier and her porn actress. And showed yeah. her drinking and doing drugs, so it's okay when they die later on in the movie. Yeah, like, like, like obviously, like they had just, you had this whole like thing you, you can unpack, like oh they're uh, uh, villainizing like the like porn and, and sexuality. Sexual. Like oh if you do porn, you're just this strung out you know druggy yeah, monster. I, you don't very, you don't have any rules or morals or sensibilities. Very which, you dated. Know, that's not true. Yeah, very well, dated and, tropey. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. well, and, and even even before like sort of like the ethical concerns of portraying this character in this light it's just bad writing (laughs) like and i know a lot of times like anytime when there's like sort of like a bigoted trope it's at the end of the day just bad writing and you can always yeah improve that It, it it's like i can almost forgive the lynching scene of them not thinking that through if it weren't for the other stuff yeah, because there's a lot of other, like, really fucking uncomfortable stuff. It's not like this stuff... It's not like this really came out of nowhere. Well, and to be fair, in the early 2000s, like, that sort of connotation, the connection between that, wouldn't have been at the forefront of people's minds the same no. way it is now. It, well, well it, and, and that's that's one thing, and that's why I think, like... It that, was definitely like unintentional, but even but as a viewer in twenty twenty one looking at it now, it's like ugh, you had the benefit right. of hindsight and like I think part of me kind of feels like that's such an egregious moment that no one thought of that. I mean, I'm sure there might be somewhere it's on the review be like blah blah blah. It wasn't this fault, but like yeah, obviously we do have like the benefit of like twenty extra years of like cultural like understanding about why certain things are like messed up it, it just feels like if you had gone back if you could go back in time and ask them like hey why do you have a lynching scene their response would probably be something like well we didn't even think about her being black we just needed her strung up so that she would slowly suffocate to motivate hugh jackman to hack better it's like they, they probably would have like if if they had any other ethnicity of that of, a, of an actress in that scene they probably would have been the same well they wanted bridget moynihan to play that character but she didn't want to do it because she thought the movie felt sleazy <laughs> she, she was 100%, 100%. Yeah. Nail on the so head with that, that one That scene was probably in there Before Halle Berry got killed oh, I'm yeah. sure, and, I'm and, sure. And, and, and you know And this is before like sensitivity Viewers or readers were much of a thing so. And it was also three years removed From Halle Berry starring in the movie Baps What? What? <laughs> you, uh, you've never heard of Baps? What the oh, fuck totally is this? I know what that is well, this is something that I saw uh, on the, and I'm not going. You're going to have to, uh, listeners. You're going to have to look this up yourself. I'm not putting this on the socials, but it was uh, all over the video stores. And it was in comedy, and it's called Black American Princesses. And I'm going to show uh, our our you know, lovely co-hosts the picture now. Oh, I'm, I'm familiar. Oh my god. What? I, I am familiar. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, oh, just go ahead and take a second and look that up, listeners. 
Because uh, uh, or don't, because that's really fucked. But, yeah, uh, I've but seen I, most I, I of that movie accidentally. <laughs> that movie was directed by a black man, though. Yeah, just I, I just want to give you all a little overview of Halle Berry's okay. career for about seven years, starting with uh, 1994. She was in the Flintstones. Yep. Yeah, she was. She was the she? secretary named Sharon Stone. Yep, <laughs> I remember that. And then she went to Executive Decision, uh, and then Race the Sun, Rich Man's Wife, Baps, and then she was in Bullworth. Oh which, yeah, she was in Bullworth. Memory serves was much more racist than a uh, lot yeah, of these movies. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It's been 20 years <laughs> since I've seen it. I have nowhere to go back. God, I've never heard of any of these fucking Then movies. Why Do Fools that, Fall in Love? And that then is two, not a surprise, John. 2000 uh, is when she did X-Men, mm-hmm. followed mm-hmm. up immediately by Swordfish and then Monster's Ball, for which she won the Oscar. I do not think it was deserved. <laughs> um, when was she in that movie with Eddie Murphy? Uh, uh, Boomerang. Boomerang. That was 92. That 92. was before Flintstones. Okay. Uh, then 2002, Die Another Day. Yeah. She's yeah. a Bond girl. Then X2 in 2003, followed by Gothica with, uh, oh, if that, not mistaken, I remember that. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. And then she went to Catwoman. Ooh. And then she went to X-Men The Last Stand. Oh, excuse me. You're missing one. She was also in Robots. Yeah, she was. All, that's a voice role. That doesn't count. <laughs> I don't know. I think voice acting is just as valid as regular acting. No, well, you mean to tell you're me you're already a celebrity who's only doing it for the paycheck, so they can use your name for recognition. I mean, that's definitely how the uh, Disney adaptations of the Ghibli films tend to work. Yeah, <laughs> and then well, I mean, just, most of the dubs tend to be. It was just down. Uh, it was downhill from there. Downhill from yeah, there. Yeah, she definitely hasn't been on a lot of stellar stuff but yeah. she's not like the worst actress either. No, no, she's not bad she's been good and stuff and the thing about i've seen monsters ball and you know heath ledger was in it he was really good billy bob thornton was in it he was really good halle berry was fine in it she was not bad i just don't think she deserved the oscar that who year. was she up against uh that's what i'm trying to look i don't i don't i don't remember who she was up against offhand but i remember that i was mad uh let's see Nominees. Talk amongst yourselves for a second. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, Cannon, I apologize for us just like. All right, we're good. Never. Mind. Um, no, I I don't care anymore. <laughs> Cannon's like I talk amongst yourselves. I'm y'all. just I'm just hanging out at this point. My whiskey drink's gone, and I'm just gonna chill. Well, you should get a vodka drink. Or I hate vodka, vodka. Or a cider drink, and then we can sing the songs that remind you of the good times. I'm good. The songs that remind you of the bad. Uh, so she was up against Judy Dench in Iris, Nicole Kidman in Moulin Rouge, Sissy Spacek in In the Bedroom, and the one I thought should have won because she was really good, shockingly good, Renee Zellweger for Bridget Jones' Diary. Hmm. But that was just me. Uh, that's, that's a, I have n- no stake in that race. I didn't even see Monsters Ball. I wasn't allowed to see Monsters Ball. I was still, I guess, uh, a youngling. When yeah, that I think like a, that's a very R-rated well, movie. There, there's a scene where she and Billy Bob Thornton have sex, and everyone's pretty sure that they were yeah. not simulating that sex. <laughs> like, there are heavy rumors that there was no simulation involved. So they just like, you know what? She also had a really bad southern accent. Fuck for real in that movie. Yeah. I, I mean, as long as it's consensual. I mean. And they were safe. Which is more than we can say for Swordfish. Yeah. There was a lot of not consensual in that. No, they were not safe at all. Like, oh, it was mentioned earlier. I saw this little tidbit. Uh, <laughs> this room full uh, of herpes, I think someone said. Wh- 
what tidbit did you see, Cannon? Uh, uh, Vinny Jones was gung-ho to do this stunt, but uh, John Travolta was like, no, I think you should let a stuntman do it. And the stuntman, uh, the cable that was supporting him, snapped, and he fell, like, what, 70 feet and broke his back? Yep, yep. shattered his spine. He so, landed, he landed holy shit, John Travolta on a concrete floor actually s- saved a life. Did that guy live? I don't think I didn't read anywhere that he died. No, he lived. Yeah, he just had a real bad still, day. Still, that that's a very bad day. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> what other little tidbits do I have? Oh, uh, apparently, uh, John Travolta and Hugh Jackman, uh, in between shooting scenes together, they would sing show tunes together, specifically oh, from Oklahoma, if I remember correctly. Yeah. yeah. Did I can see lot. that. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I could. It, I could it, see them doing that. Like as well. when you first said it, I was like, "That's odd." And then I was like, "Oh wait, they both have musical theater backgrounds. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. That yeah. makes yeah. all the sense in the They're world." They're theater kids, don't you know? And uh, uh, fun fact: uh, all the talk about misdirection in Hugh Jackman's ear uh, led to his role in The Prestige, huh. which is not true at all. But still, oh, that would have. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's a little like funny, like happens because Prestige is what like three years later or five years later. It's, it's I think a it's a little farther. The, I think I thought it was at like the mid early two thousand. Uh, yeah, like 05. I was in college when this movie was in theaters, if I remember correctly. I want to check Letterbox. I'm, I'm checking. Uh, I do I, love the Prestige. Yes, uh, fantastic. I, I, movie. That's like the one Christopher Nolan movie. That and Inception, I really want to watch. Well, Prestige is really good uh, for a couple reasons. Is one, because it's Christopher Nolan being fairly restrained, <laughs> and two, he it was a book, so he had to be restrained. So it's not just him fellating himself for these neat camera angles that come at the expense <laughs> of the story. That's that's <laughs> a deleted scene of him actually talking his own. Copy. Looking at you, Interstellar. I fucking loathe that movie <laughs> I, with a fucking passion. I still haven't seen that movie. You know, I, don't I ever think, want to you see know, it again. No, no, no. It's bad. Don't recommend. It, it, it would be a great point counterpoint episode of AYCH. You have Colton Wenzel, who that's their favorite. Until Blade Runner 2049, Interstellar was their favorite movie of all time. Oh, what the fuck? That, uh, that, uh, that would be an interesting, uh, point counterpoint episode. That's not even, like, that's. That's almost the worst Nolan movie, let alone... Like, no, no, someone should just take Colt to the side and slap him around until he comes, comes around. <laughs> I mean, look, uh, I, think, I think we have... There should be no debate there. They should be like, you still like it? You still like it? <laughs> but, I mean, I will say, in, in their defense... Blade Runner 2049 is a fucking fantastic movie. You know, that one's great. I like it better Interstellar than Interstellar is trash. The, yeah, only Nolan movie, just, oh. the only Nolan movie worse is Tenet. Oh, no, I, that's a hot take for yeah, them, too. Yeah, I unfortunately went to see Interstellar in the theater. Because oh, I'm sorry. I'm my, sorry. My significant other at the time wanted to go see it. And I was, the whole space travel stuff, I was like, well, this is pretty cool. The whole black hole time and that kind of thing, stretching. I was like, oh, that's an interesting concept. And then when they got to the bookcase with him on the other side, I was like, this is goddamn bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is happening right now? You know, thinking about it, there's not like I only like about half of the Nolan movies, but that's for another time. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I mean, angry. fuck it, we might as well. We're not <laughs> goddamn talking about swordfish. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jesus fucking Christ! Well, well, and when we are, it's ahead. like you suck for liking this movie because it is 
problematic on every goddamn <laughs> level imaginable, and you were the worst person ever for no, enjoying. We are not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you're looking at me. These two have been the ones Cannon? saying it for two No, years. I was just I'm saying sorry. it. I would. <laughs> I mean, like, Cannon, Cannon, I'm just going to point out that you missed a prime opportunity to troll me as me. <laughs> I wasn't in the mood. I think we're, we're going to take... No, what I'm hearing is we should have watched The Punisher, which I was trying to save for Canon Takeover November, well, which no, I'm probably still going to do. No, that'll work well. That way we can watch The Punishers in chronological order, since we'll be watching the Lundgren version for my birthday week. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. So, tell you what, look, for right now, because we're coming up with that time... Oh, it's that time. Good, because I need another fucking... <laughs> Drink. We're gonna take a we take a quick break where I recycle one of the commercials for our merch that we've used before. Uh, yeah, again, I'll get around to new stuff later. Don't at me. Like, just deal with it. If you want to make a fucking commercial for us, then let us know. Um, and we will be right back uh, to talk about swordfish, probably. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see Maybe. how that goes. <laughs> see you shortly. Bye. Well, hey there, folks. Do you like mugs, T-shirts, phone cases, stickers, wall art, pillows, all sorts of fun things with fun logos? Well, if you do, head on down to tpublic.com slash user slash greatness for all sorts of great merchandise and support your local creators. That's us. Hooray! Right out in that moment. <laughs> God, I love that movie. Oh man, that is a good time. I have fucking hair in my mouth. God damn. So, uh, welcome back, everyone, to the second part <laughs> of Travolting Development. Hello, everyone. Where we will attempt to discuss. No, it's fine. The rest of the not, not thing, but, like, we, we talked about it during our break. <clears throat> Excuse me. We have hit pretty much the high points of the movie. There's not a lot of. There's not a lot of character study in this. You know, we're not gonna like the we're not gonna talk about the the minutia of the performances and the choices that were made. No, this movie's explosions. Is there any of that? No, there's <laughs> this movie's explosions <laughs> and boobs and bad hacking effects, and that's fucking it. Man, well, you say I, we're not going to ruminate on choices that were made. We are, but it's more so like. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> and, and John takes a swig directly out of a bottle of wine. Shit, I'll drink to that. <laughs> and with also, some of us have refreshed in our drink, and there might be a little alcohol. Ooh. I've still got my same bottle of water. Uh, I've switched from orange. Oh, I'm going to have to sip on that one a, a little smaller. <laughs> I've definitely made those drinks before. But I will say... I will make. I will grant some positives to this. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 and I'm not being because facetious. Jonathan and Pat feel bad for railroading. No, 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 no. I think hey, I think it's hilarious. Those are all lit points. No, no, no. Like I. I'm I am glad that this movie brought on such a fantastic <laughs> conversation. I no, like legit. I am. I, mean, I will say just purely comedically, the value of. You saying I love this movie, and then we dovetail straight into. Let me tell you why this movie's garbage. I know, like that's why. That, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I can understand why you think that's like attack at you. No, 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 no. It's not. It's like every. I'm like, man. I feel like no matter what I say positive about this movie, it's not gonna matter. <laughs> well, I mean, it, well it, let me tell you, it, it does bring up a, a just the interesting discussion of. 
you know, a movie like this, like how do you how do you reconcile stuff like this? Because you've got you know the the biggest you have Gone with the Wind. It is absolutely a product of its time. There's stuff in there that's not cool. Yeah. What yeah. so fucking ever? But you, you, we like you said before, we have the benefit of hindsight. So how much leeway do you give stuff? Because like in two thousand and, and uh, was two thousand one, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, I said it ten minutes ago, but I'm fucking I'm tired. Shut up. I think it's been longer than 10 minutes. It's like an hour, in, 45 minutes. In 2001, this movie was not well received for a variety of reasons, but none of them were what we have talked about, other than the terrible acting, the shoddy script, the bad pacing, the ridiculous notions of hacking. That, Whatever they we talked about. Like, the problematic stuff was not behind any of the bad reviews because for the time, it didn't really... That, that wasn't something they were like as conscious of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, like I think they knew that Hugh Jackman getting raped while at gunpoint scene. They knew that was fucked up, and it was designed to be fucked up. But they didn't treat it fucked up enough. Yeah. But but it they, but it's also kind of framed like high five, bro. <laughs> well, I didn't feel like like Hugh Jackman definitely played that off like because he went straight to the bathroom to just deal with like oh my god that fucking sucked and I hated it. It never felt like high five, bro. It felt no. like John Travolta was being a creepy bitch the entire time. Yeah, he, he was like done with the whole deal after <coughs> yeah. that. So I th- that well, appropriately, like this is not right. Yeah. I don't want anything to do with this. If this is what the what goes on, well, we'll say he, just everybody else in the room was like, "Eh, this is a Friday." He is kind of pegged with a uh, kind of a double whammy at that point because you know uh, uh, Hugh Jackman, Halle Berry, they're in the bathroom talking, and then of course a couple of randos pop in, and then she just starts kissing him. To like you know like oh they're just kissing so they'll either they're obviously gonna bail right, but that that was a, a lingering motherfucking smooch there yeah like that was also like, huge and, and again this goes to what we're saying like that really fucking just legit rape scene that just happened at gunpoint and now we're in the bathroom making out with Halle Berry and you're not even just like. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like in a different movie, he'd probably be, like, dry heaving into a toilet. Yeah. But, like, you know, then she, like, comes up, hey, this is really, like, spooky, like, secret plan we got to talk about. Also, let's make out real quick to, like, <laughs> keep the normies from finding out. But also, we're kind of going to like it, too. Also, I hate to stop you. We have to take a quick break to fix a setting on this thing before it bites us in the ass. Uh-oh. Two seconds. Bye. Right. Welcome back. Sorry Hello. for that. Uh, there was no break in there. That was just a quick little bloop. Uh, which I'm going to add in post. Sorry. Uh, continue. Yes. We, we've all talked out now. What the hell? <coughs> we had what some the, great bits. Oh, in, oh yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, in in the three like, we literally like, stopped recording I, 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 for like I, I, maybe I will, two minutes. I will, I will reiterate what my biggest problem is, and it's a nerd problem. It's the fact that in the bank heist, they strap C4 and ball bearings to all the hostages with a proximity collar, like an invisible fence for dogs. Like, if they get a certain distance away from the uh, trigger, they just explode. However, the amount of explosives and ball bearings they put on these people is enough to take out one city block each. They basically have a tactical nuke inside this bank with all of these people. Yeah, but it's all... It is a ridiculous amount. Yeah, but John Travolta's character, it's it's pretty much heavily implied that this dude is the king of... Yeah, excessive. but he would know. Like, huh? He would know how much plastic explosive 
would take out like a car-sized area, which is basically what you needed to launch those freaking and that, ball bearings everywhere. And, and now he wants to take out he 20. he has like six times as much as on them. Because like, John Travolta is extra as fuck when it comes to like blowing stuff up because like we said, each person has like 150 pounds of explosive. Yeah. And like apparently this thing like dynamite and C4 are just equitable because like they, they both go boom. So like they're interchangeable. Uh, well, I think in certain circumstances, one might be more potent than the other. And one have bigger boom, one have smaller boom. And then, you know, they had to just boom. like, like <laughs> pachinko balls that just shoot out. To be fair, dynamite needs both pressure and an ignition before it explodes, whereas C4 only requires the ignition. Actually, it really only needs two hours on TNT on Wednesday. Waka uh, waka. Uh, you should watch AEW. Not a sponsor. But if it you're should listening be. to this the day it comes out, this Sunday is AEW All Out, an explosive pay-per-view that we're all very excited for, featuring the in-ring return of CM Punk, not to mention a lot of heavy rumors that Brian Danielson himself will show up, plus Adam Cole is officially a free agent. <sighs> so who knows what'll happen. That's right. He could be there Wednesday. <laughs> Mr. Dr. Britt saying. Baker himself. Just to uh, <laughs> set up the pay-per-view, be sure to watch Friday Night Rampage at 9 o'clock Central on TNT. And then that is all out on pay-per-view Sunday at 6 o'clock Central. Not an ad. Not a spot show. <laughs> no, but... Nope. But God, we just we just want you guys to know we fucking love you, <laughs> Tony Khan. You're the best. We are huge fans of AEW around these parts. Huge, big fans, fans. like all of us, like literally. Yeah. <laughs> we love the wrestling. So Frank, we'll see you at all out. Yeah, yeah. This I already invited him. Earlier. Sunday oh, live on pay per view. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, yep. that's the one. Yeah. But uh, how? Great- oh, I, I did remember something that Shimmy said during the uh, watching the movie. This was June, two thousand one, when it came out. I want to say it was yes. June. Yeah. Yes, June eighth. We all know what happened a few months later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the premise behind the whole heist was to combat terrorists. Right. And there so, are scenes with buildings blowing up. Yes. So a bit problematic later on in the run. They so, pulled the movie yeah. uh, shortly after 9-11. And, yeah. what, and what's so weird is that literally <coughs> this it has this, like John said, <laughs> sort of is the most prescient film in movie history. How like it sort of, it predicts like a lot of like, in, uh, like in-country terrorism. Well, not only that, Hugh Jackman's character got thrown into prison for exposing the fact that the government was spying on people's emails. Basically the Patriot Which Act. <laughs> sounded preposterous at the time in June of 2001. Yeah. Yep. However. But now the NSA is listening to us as we fucking speak. Yep. So to I, the I would NSA like to say agent, hello to Fred, my personal FBI agent. Yeah. Hi, Fred. Uh, to any NSA agent listening, uh, let us know in the comments how you feel about Swordfish, okay? I mean, honestly. If you're listening. I mean, you might as well fucking give us a rating. Come on, five stars, and yeah, bitch ass. Like oh, I thought it was all right. If you want to come surveil us, <laughs> if you want to come surveil us in person, uh, just bring some snacks Sunday for the pay-per-view. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. <coughs> what if one shows up and was like, well, I was actually listening and yeah, you I, guys invited I, I got me. the invite. Uh, I brought munchies. I like, you, you how did you know? If well, you bring snacks, I, then fuck yeah. <laughs> look, look, I'm the muncho guy, though. You have to bring a different Oh, snack. munchos. Never Get, mind. Talk yeah, about gimmick infringement. Yeah. Yes. Uh, like, but, like, like <laughs> it's just this weird, like, 
<laughs> the synchronicity how like this is like at the beginning of what the war on terror would become and then here literally 20 years later like all the american forces are leaving afghanistan causing this whole other problem and it's just like wow time is a flat circle in fact today they announced that all of the u.s uh people have been withdrawn from the country like that happened today like it's it they got them all out yeah and so how are it was a great bit we talked about in, during the movie how John Travolta's character is essentially peacemaker from the Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah, how like I will kill anyone to preserve this great land. It doesn't matter if it's a man, woman, or child. I will kill all the people to make sure we have peace. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and I love how there's even like a throwback to another Travolta film that we talked about, Broken Arrow, where he plays a madman who steals a newt to blow up. I can, buy, yeah, City. I can buy a nuke for $40 million, uh, in, If, if in I Russia. buy 12, I get a discount. Yeah. Yeah, like, he's definitely the um, the most uh, ball-and-ass um, terrorist, not terrorist ever, I guess. What I thought was so funny about John Travolta in this film, because I kept thinking what he reminded me of. And to me, his character reminds me a lot of big money Matt Hardy. Huh. Huh. <laughs> You know, back to wrestling. You're right, and I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like what you've just done, (laughs) and I'm strongly considering editing it all out. (laughs) Oh, this is when the no editor. Quit, quit threatening things you're not going to do because we all know there's no editing. I know. I mean, he has a similar haircut, similar like uh, Matt Hardy would have a pencil thin like he has. Pretty sure he's had yeah numerous soul patch in the past. Matt Matt Hardy has more money than you. Yeah, I doubt he has more money. Again, I don't know his character's name. <laughs> uh, Gabriel something. What? <laughs> well, he never said Gabriel anything. He just said Gabriel. Gabriel yeah. Shear, apparently, according to the notes. that was uh, yeah, that was the idea of the body. Uh, yeah. Uh, one bit I thought was just batshit insane is like um, he's. In the middle somewhere, <laughs> the, the plot's real loose in my head. <laughs> but they're just, in, just like, in your head. John Travolta is in the car with you, uh, Jack. They're talking about some bullshit, and then suddenly the feds find them. He's like, "Hold on, we gotta have a fast oh, no. and furious no, no, don't, moment." Don't forget, those weren't the feds. Those were uh, those were official. <coughs> Like, like I think uh, military guys sent by the senator who was sponsoring Travolta to kill him. Who Travolta then killed later because the senator tried to have him killed. Yeah, uh, that thing. So anyway. Because <laughs> there's a lot going on, but not a lot happens. This movie's a paradox. <laughs> How, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's plotted very carefully, but also not at all. Um, so, like, yeah, they're, they're just, like, driving through the streets. He's like, take the wheel. And you was like, whoa! Let me drive this crazy car. And then all of a sudden, John Travolta just pulls out guns akimbo, pop, 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 as like the two black SUVs would just like zoom in, flipping cars going everywhere. And then he stops the car for a beat, pulls out a fucking Rambo sized oh, gun. With yeah, a, I was like, he totally went Rambo there for a minutes. Mowing down this whole goddamn street. And then. Um, and then there's some more like in between alleyway driving and, a, and it all crescendos with like this SUV blowing up as it tips over into like a restaurant. Diner. I think, yeah. And it's funny how like there's all these little like bits of references to like realism, realism in movies, and like it's the most fucking cartoon shit. Let me tell you why there was actually realism in that movie, 
and this is from the director himself. Yeah. Uh, there were only 89 shots fired by Travolta from the large gun, and the large gun holds 200 rounds. He made sure that everything that was fired did not fire more than it should be able to do. So selective realism. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know, also, Hugh Jackman took stunt driving lessons for that scene. Oh, nice. Hey, yeah. nice. Huh? Uh, did he say anything about the car blowing up from the back that they were driving toward him? No, no. <laughs> I, I, he didn't see why that was important. To the <laughs> I will say um, uh, Hugh Jackman's character obviously didn't know how to drive stick. And I'm not going to talk shit. I don't know how to drive stick. I have tried it on a busy highway, and it was terrifying. And I'm never doing that again. So uh, he learned real quick, like in this movie, how to drive a fucking stick shift. Yeah, no, like, realistically, good God. he would have destroyed that clutch. Oh, yeah. yes. Seeing as how it was a high-performance machine, yeah. you yeah, miss a no. couple of gears and pop pop the clutch of that thing, it's gone. Yeah, it's exploded. I guess, it's just gone. I guess I can say, like, there's one positive I can think. Like... God, didn't phones look fucking rad back then? <laughs> that, I did enjoy the that fucking tech phones like, they had back then. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that phone was actually in the Matrix as well. But it just like hit a button and the fucking bottom pops out. No screen, no nothing, just buttons. You fucking talk to the motherfucker. It was like Let's the Star, go. It was like Star Trek uh, communicators. It was awesome. Yes. But now, now we have these stupid screens that you can touch, and there's like. <laughs> I mean, say what you will. We basically have computers in our pockets. However, yeah, they're true. all the, they all look the same. Mm-hmm. There's no individuality in technology. Yeah, there's no phones anymore. There's, there's no flair. There's something really satisfying about you know when you're you know you're on a like a phone call and you're just mad at somebody yeah. and, just, and just like slam that bitch shut. Uh, like I'm, I'm still. Guys, you guys are doing the reversed old man. I'm. I'm no, no, no. I'm, I'm still. No, this, this is a, this is a generational. Old yeah, I, like, don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> this iPhone is a fucking miracle. Okay, I get that. But you Back know, in my day, saying, I had a phone that had buttons, and you just called people on it. We're just saying there's room for flair. <laughs> there's room for for performance. You know, for drama. In the phones of today, not just like a case that has some fun picture, but like, like it's like just imagine like driving along and your phone rings and you just hit a button and it goes flick and you go talk to me and like that's the height of nineties two thousands cool right <laughs> now it's just like <clears throat> Siri say the thing with stuff and, and answer the call please sure let me answer your phone call and also I've turned on music like oh no god damn it that's not what I wanted I, you also I, turned on the oven in my house my house is burning down god damn it Alexa I will say I'm still waiting on um, and I know there have been like a couple of variations of this out on the market already but I'm still waiting for the uh, flip touchscreen phone technology to be fucking perfection mm-hmm. I mean, and I want to get one I mean that is a pretty like sweet we, we like, had the technology to make a you know an i iPhone level device, but also it, it <coughs> clicked shut. Yeah, yeah, no, like, like we do. It's just insanely expensive right now. Yeah, and yeah. also I hear not all of them are great so far. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure the technology is like it's getting there. Yeah, I, I, they got to iron out some kinks. But you know what the the height of fucking cell phone <coughs> technology was? What's that? Some people would say it was the razor. Some people say it was the little slide phone that slide out the keyboard. Yeah. I propose to the council the Nokia Juke. (laughs) (laughs) That bitch was a fucking switchblade. The only problem with your statement is that no one has ever said good things about the Razor. I don't know. The commercials were really cool. 
Yeah, the phone was garbage. <laughs> I will say, I mean, when that was, phone, but when, I I thought it was cool as shit. Like, when I had mine. What about that? What the? What was it? The what was it? The Nokia or Engage where you had to hold the phone to your ear like a fucking taco. <laughs> there, there was this motherfucker in high school who had a razor, and all I want, I was just like, I just wanted to see it. Ken's like, could I see it? And he acted like I had just. Like asked to like murder his firstborn or something, and that always bothered me. It's like you think I'm gonna steal your shit, you prick. <laughs> what, well, what I am gonna do is fucking break it. <laughs> What's his name? Let's dox him. Fuck. That I guy. have no idea what his name is. Oh, okay. It's been years. It's it's a, this was high school. Guy. I'm old. I can give you AF. some names of high school bullies if you guys want to. <laughs> 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 well, actually, I do know one high school bully. It's about your age. Uh, his name is Bob Baumhauer, and he owns restaurants here in town but let me tell you why i love Baumhauer. Oh. uh i enjoy the food but also because he shattered my father's kneecaps playing football <laughs> and just ended my father's football anything and so for that mr Baumhauer, let me say thank you because <laughs> fuck my dad seriously oh, metaphorically so you, not you literally forgot the, you forgot the tagline well, this isn't a sad story from my childhood. This is a sad story from my dad's childhood. <laughs> <laughs> and fuck that guy. <laughs> All right. Man, strangely enough, the one and only, like... All right, I'm going to have to look up Bob Baumhauer see how old he is to see if you just insulted the fuck out of me. Okay. Well, I can tell you how old my dad is if that helps. Surprisingly enough, Baumhauer says <laughs> really good fish tacos. Yeah, I've never had the fish. I like the cheese fries, though. They're really good. The gooey fries? Yeah. Gooey fries fucking slap, y'all. And I will say, a hint for anyone coming to the grand metropolis of Tuscaloosa. (laughs) You you go by, like, Baumhauer's. He has, like, 15 different restaurants around town. Mm. You're you're bound to hit one of them. But if you go to Baumhauer's, get the gooey wing finger bowl. You will not be disappointed. He is at least 10 years older than me. Yeah. So anyway, uh, <laughs> the vague approximate. I, age that actually, there is one quick thing I wanted to say uh, from last last week's episode, and then I'm I'm done. Uh, you remember how we talk shit about delivery companies here in town? Yep. You remember how we talk shit about waiter specifically? Yeah. Oh yep. yeah. Well, after that ha- the day after that happened, I don't know if Jonathan told you guys, but. Uh, the night after poor Jonathan's pizza showed up with two missing slices and he only got... If you want to hear the full... No, we are not. <laughs> no, we're telling the story here. Why not? Let's it, do it. it. If you want to hear the full story of uh, Jonathan's pizza gate... Oh, Let's do it. I want the whole thing right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tell the goddamn story! Check out episode 227. I'm sorry I interrupted, Shimmy. Please continue. We'll get back to it. All I wanted to say was that poor Jonathan had a difficult time with waiter specifically and the day after uh one of our regulars in the store came in and he's now in charge of all of waiter locally so i was able to tell him what happened get jonathan on the phone and this poor sap like i love this guy he's a good dude but he told me that all day he's been going around that day talking to people about waiter trying to get the locals behind it and he just kept hearing horror stories ah. and so he's gonna like this guy he's solid he's gonna bust his ass to make waiter worthwhile so i just wanted to give everyone the update Second that chance. waiter might not be terribly sorry oh. for that uh, horrible break uh we've had some issues we're back all right so yeah give waiter a chance <laughs> yeah uh 
I was going to say before the fucking recording shit the bed again. I will say Waiter does have this in their defense. They have a really smackingly good restaurant, Pastor's Kitchen in Northport. Oh, my God. I'm plagued every time I go in there because I'm like, I want to try something new every time. But those nachos. Oh, my God. I've never had Pastor's. I highly recommend it. And I will say, like, it's still pretty good up to like eh, when it's delivered however nothing beats going there and getting it there yeah. like if you actually go to the place it is always good always fantastic waiter does have a great selection of restaurants mm-hmm. and that's yeah, most what, of them are local yeah that's what the guy said he's like he's fo- apparently the person who was in charge of this area beforehand was in like wisconsin or some shit and so like he's he's here and he says he's heard horror stories from the restaurants he's heard horror stories from the people and so, like, hopefully uh, in about a month or so, I told him, like, you know, depending on how much he gets done, maybe for our October Wonder Woman thing, like, we might have him out there setting up if, if Waiter's worthwhile again. Because, like I said, it's the only place you can get a lot of these yeah. uh, dishes. That, that, restaurants. that does yeah. make me curious because I really don't know anything about these delivery companies. Uh-huh. Like, it just makes me curious. Do they have a home office where the people that are hired on Waiter actually have any kind of training whatsoever is just completely online shit no if you have a car that meets the criteria you can basically sign up right now and just do it yeah that's what i was thinking so but quality control would be kind of difficult like you're not actually seeing your employee uber's real harsh with their star ratings and shit so like if you get bad ratings you're fucked or not even better if you get like less than like a five you can be substantially screwed over yeah uh, but then you've got Waiter, which apparently there was no issues, like no way to have any problem discussed. Uh, then there's Crimson to Go. They're local, like local, local. You call their helpline, it's a guy sitting by a phone. Well, see, I like that. Yeah. Crimson Go, I've always had uh, good things with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they're they're just a little too expensive for me, but I've had really good service from them. Yeah. So, Swordfish. <laughs> Yeah, what about it? We were talking about a movie, weren't we? <laughs> All right, I what will about say, it? I do, I, I genuinely do have some positive things to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> the look on Cannon's face is my favorite. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not looking at John. I'm staring daggers at Otto. You weren't even there, you motherfucker. Yeah, Otto's, Otto's not looking through. Otto is in angie mode. <laughs> but, um... During that really boring scene, the hacking monitor—that's <laughs> that was that was bad. That was bad. Look, I, love the, look, I have like, a positive thing bad. during that really boring scene. <laughs> I want to talk I, about I'm that. Building up to the positive, damn it. So that 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 one scene, the the hacking montage scene. I will add the adjective boring, but and I don't know why they. This is another choice where I'm like, why? But it's kind of you know, it's kind of pleasant. Was the the purple and green lighting? Yeah, no, you did say during the scene that you liked the lighting choices for that the, the Scooby Doo lighting. It inspired a uh, streamer lighting. I mean, you know what? Fucking might have. Yeah. Swordfish, big old girls. like fucking like purple, just neon in your face at all times. Yeah, and then there was another scene that had like some like really cool like color contrast in it too. But. I will I will say that that is probably a. A relic of the 2000s that's, that that would probably ease well in today's culture. How like we really like the the neon, the fairy lighting that we you know like how we have that in the house. Yeah. And I, and I think oh, yeah. that's 
I think I was like, you know what? I like this Green Goblin Mardi Gras shit they have right now. I, we still have some in a box, and I'm just a lazy fuck and won't put them up. I want to. I just haven't done it. Yet. I just can't get over how the, the one-two punch of I want to say something positive about the movie during that really boring scene. <laughs> I will. I will say to be fair, yeah. young canon, young canon. This is 2001 canon. I'm still just like living that high of the greatest WrestleMania of all time, WrestleMania 17. That's a weird you know, <laughs> that's the right way to say it. We're not having this conversation. This is my show. It's my turn to goddamn talk. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, um, fucking young Cannon riding the high during the hacking scene. Cannon went to sleep. <laughs> Wake up! <laughs> oh fuck! Oh god! Sorry, I'm really tired. It is anyway, I I don't know why I that twist the the whole twisty turvy uh, part of it. Like young me ate that shit up. Like I'm just like what. Cool. And again, I, I may have mentioned this earlier. My uncle owned this VHS, mm-hmm. and I watched it, and he gave me shit for watching it. And I'm just like, it's yours. <laughs> You're the one who bought this with your own money, dude. You, <laughs> you bought me put it in the VCR press play. In his defense, I have bought a lot of shitty movies. <laughs> I mean, I have too. <laughs> oh, same here. Yeah. I yeah, haven't, yeah, but I wouldn't make fun of somebody for watching one of the shitty movies that I own. <laughs> like, I would, I would that being said, it's Swordfish like, is my movies in my house. Swordfish is on the way. Yeah, no, it's not. I'm kidding. <laughs> the Blu-ray, four K Ultra HD. I mean, I do own the Fanatic. God, I went. You remember? I bought it twice. I also rented it and yeah. watched it while I was exercising. You yeah. gave that man money twice. Yeah, it's uh, fine. It's the most expensive coaster I own. <laughs> yeah, I. I mean. I do commit to do, do you some hate ditties. Yourself a little bit or something? Yeah, actually, Frank, if you want to go there, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you want, I'm sorry. If, if we're getting real here, if, yeah. If, if there's anything you want to talk later, I, I, I we can always go skeet shooting. I'll offer you some support. Straight shoot with candy, pew pew. I suck. You, you bring the fanatic. I'll bring my copy of Rocky Five. We'll just launch it in the air and shoot it. We're just like skeet shooting. Yeah. Because I own oh, Rocky Five because it was part of the box. Set. Is there any way we can launch it while it's still in the case? Because I feel like that would have a better effect than well, just the uh, disc. Well, y'all let, you let me know when that happens, and I'll bring my Ghost Rider Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, can we, we gotta watch that yeah, first, and then we're gonna. Then we're gonna fuck you have it too. I don't have it. Do you not own that? I do not own that. Like really? Pat reminded really? Pat reminded me of a movie ages ago. You may or may not have brought. I don't know if this was on or off the pod. It may have been both. But Swim Fan. Oh I, I bought that movie. I watched it in theaters, and I also purchased it with my own money. Yeah, that was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't... <laughs> wow. I made some questionable movie why decisions. Is, <laughs> I, I, I will say, as dubious as that late 90s, early 2000, like, thriller horror movie was, I will say it wakened some things in the young Pat. Oh, God. Oh. I saw that trailer in front of so many movies and never wanted to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's oh, in a dear. lot of green. There's a lot of blue in that um, movie. We, we've, we've talked about it a lot. The, uh, the ball bearing bombs. Oh, well, that has a nice yes. ring to it. Ball, ball bearing bombs. bombs. Uh, uh, human, Let's write that down in the shirt idea. we got to make that some sort of shirt. Warner Brothers, do you own anything but uh, ball bearing bombs? <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Warner Brothers made this movie, didn't they? Uh, 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 our FBI are taking notes again. <laughs> you know what? They're, I mean, they're going to show up and watch All Out with us. It really doesn't matter. Yeah, We're Warner basically Brothers, friends like, at this point. Warner Brothers has a end with the B. Bomb. 
if if I remember correctly, didn't they say in the movie like everybody was strapped with like what twenty five pounds? I no, think it was they think five pounds of C four and fifteen pound uh fifteen pounds of ball bearing, and there's no way that it was only five pounds of C four. <laughs> that was like seventy five like, pounds. Ten bricks. Yeah, there were yeah. Each five person. on everybody's back, and those are a pound each. Easy. I will say, like that one shot. Even though it it wasn't like the 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 best shot shot, but when that one agent got blown up in the car, uh, and you can like see where the ball bearings popped out. Like I'm just like, wow. Talk about somebody that Brutal. commits to the bit. Yeah, He's putting cool. ball bearings everywhere. Yeah, that that was his gimmick. And I just thought it was funny that at the beginning of the film. That of course the cops fucked up the uh, <laughs> the hostage situation because they just like elected our own volition like we're gonna get this girl out of here and then like they yank her out and then they just fuck up everything and blow up like a third of this city. Yeah, they like shoot uh, one of the guys who has that hostage and then when he goes down and then she actually tries to go back inside because she knows what the fuck's attached to her. But then the cops are like, nope, <laughs> and just she, drag her away. I'm sorry, there is no pretending what's strapped to her. Yeah. Th- yeah this they, is a bomb. Obviously, see that there's a <clears throat> bomb on her and just, <clears throat> just her. Just bomb, face, neck, and fucking chest. Oh. <laughs> Spear! <laughs> God. Oh man, uh, I don't know. What other thing? What else I, I do I like about this? I had movie? a bit. Uh, we, we talk about the soundtrack in the movie. Oh, okay. I was oh, gonna yeah. run down some of these uh, early two thousand jams. Okay, because we have the original soundtrack for two thousand one film Swordfish, and it sold uh, one hundred thirty thousand copies. So hmm. a lot of people own the soundtrack of Swordfish, apparently. Okay, uh, on the uh, track listen, we have Dope Smugglers, Jan Johnston, Paul Oakenfold, and Christopher Young. Oh, Oakenfold's on this. Yep, I didn't know that. Uh, a Paul Oakenfold. Remix of Newborn by Muse. I mean, that makes sense. A lot of this hmm. does sound very Paul Oakenfield. They're actually on here. Uh, Paul Oakenfield is on here a lot. Uh, actually, because he, w- he was the producer, uh, so he has a lot of... Hit- uh, John Travolta s- did a song. What? That's upsetting. Uh, Lemon Jelly. Uh, N-E-R-D. Nerd. Uh, Nerd, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. We have uh, another song called Planet Rock by Paul Oakenfield. Yeah, versus Africa Bambata and the Soul Sonic Force and the Patient Saints. Huh. Huh. Interesting. I have no idea who any of those people are. I knew I know of Africa Bambata, but uh um, those are definitely words to me. Oh, definitely yeah. Yeah. not in the best light. While he is a very well known African American um musical performer, he has some uh, some serious demons in his closet. <laughs> NERD is probably the only one that I know. I feel from like that Muse list. is the Muse too, yeah, this. Muse. Like I feel like Muse is definitely like the one on this list that makes you go, nah, that was unexpected. I don't know. Like their 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 music is. I mean, granted, it's not that uh, uh, electronica or whatever, but it, it has they a lot do of have a lot of elements to it. And it, it was a remix. I'm just yeah. Like, it's just I, I also I really it. love Muse. God damn, I forget how much I love they, Muse. They have like, some bangers. One of their songs pops on the radio, and I'm just like, mm. gets me every time. Oh, I know. What <laughs> Fuck it, I, I no, couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you the name of the fucking song, but I know I love it. <laughs> that Muse song that goes. <laughs> yeah, that one. That's that's, that's the name of the song. You all know the one, the Muse, you the were, one that goes. You were the, 
Brown. You were the bane of the DJs back in the day. You would call up, can I request this song? It's my muse. And it goes, I hate Google. What's that? I will, I will have you, I will have you fucking know the one and only time I have ever called a radio request line was around five years ago when I first moved here. Because there was a radio station that actually played like some music I liked. Well, for a while until it inevitably turned into just another classic rock station. Oh, yeah, but sure I, I called in, and you know what? They didn't play my fucking song. Mm. You know what? And that's when I said, I'm never calling back. All right. <laughs> okay, Google. What's that Muse song that goes, bam, bam? Oh, my God. Okay. I hope this works. As we sit around silence, waiting. Yeah. <laughs> he did not know what the fuck. Let I me did. see if my Google's oh, better oh, than your just, Google. It just popped up a face that looks at you like you're an idiot. Okay, <laughs> his phone just flipped him off. What? What is, what is it? The Muse song that goes. Bow, bow. That's. Uh, uh, I don't think that's it. Uh, <laughs> what is the Uprising. Muse song that goes? Bow, bow. I think this it's uprising. Is, I'm getting madness. That's oh, what wow. he gets. I don't know what's happening right now. But I think I think that one you're talking about is uh, uprising. I don't know. Maybe. I, don't I don't know, know what's I'm happening not the anymore. Fan, so this I tell you. this it's fine. Wait, I, we'll, we'll find <laughs> out. Wait, after. I'm getting a text from my FBI agent. It's obviously. Wait a second. I don't recognize that song. Never mind. <laughs> well, my FBI agent said it was OMC's "How Bizarre." <laughs> <laughs> oh, what an episode this has been! So what far. a what a day! Oh, what a day! What a day! I'm so tired. Yeah, uh, I, I think it might be time. We're we're screaming lyrics and and noises into our phones. I think it's time to call it. You know. Yep. yep. We had time. <laughs> I like that just, you know, and then like eight seconds of silence. And you know what? We didn't even go over like the ending twist. Uh, we should we should briefly mention that. All right. So here's the thing. Um, you know, John Travolta and uh, gets away on a helicopter, and then Hugh Jackman gets a RPG and shoots the helicopter. But it's on something else we didn't mention. Earlier in the movie, when uh, while he's hacking and he's searching the wine cellar, he finds a body double of uh, John Travolta, and he thinks it's John Travolta. And then he runs into John Travolta, and that's just, like, you know, forgotten about for a while. And uh, later we find out that um, it was just that particular dummy in the helicopter that was burnt to a crisp that had, strangely enough, the exact same dental records forged on this person. And then the end, it's just uh, John Travolta and Halle Berry with, with all the monies, and the bad guys win, and the end. Also, Hugh Jackman got ten million dollars and yeah. got his kid and he got did, to just ride off. He the did sunset. get ten million dollars and his kid, who kid got over the death of her. Mo- I mean, granted, she did have a shitty mother. Let's well, be real. It did, yeah. it, did say, <laughs> it did say a couple of news stories of where he was using the money to assassinate uh, terrorists, and so then it blew Travolta, up a boat. Not Jackman. Uh, yeah. yeah, Travolta. We uh, saw the boat, uh, the explosion that he set in uh, Monte Carlo after the money thing. And briefly, uh, for those of you still listening. If you're wondering where Hugh Jackman got the RPG, uh, Travolta and his bad guys just had them on the. Bus. I don't think on it matters bus. anymore. I'm just like that, like because that that's sort of like he just gets an RPG. Like if I were still listening, I'd be like, well, hang on. Uh, but no, they they just had them and they took them with him, almost as if Travolta was expecting, boom. Yeah, 
and did, made very sure to show it through the entire like bus. Like he had to have yeah. known. Hey, we yeah. have RPGs. So that's the level 40 chess that Don Travolta was playing. Yeah, they're trying to, to show you that Travolta like, has planned all of this. The, uh, that's more like 69,420D chess. The, uh, the moral of the story, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, misdirection. Nice. I mean, misdirection. I, I was a little like, okay, they actually had the bad guys win, but apparently that kind of feeds back into that bullshit he was talking in the beginning of the movie about Dog Day Afternoons. Like, wouldn't it have been better if the bad guys got away? Even though, like, that movie is based off a true story and that couldn't have happened. But then that kind of feeds back into how the movie itself ends, even though there's an alternate ending where, you know, uh, Hugh is, like, actually siphons the money away from an unsuspecting Halle Berry and John Travolta on their getaway cruise whatever yeah i remember that like as we were watching the movie like those two endings kind of blended to me like when i saw hugh jackman in the diner i was halfway expecting him you know like like oh just finished fucking him over and but i forgot yeah they legit get away and before we wrap all this up we uh we always like to remind people that um thomas jefferson is an insufferable prick but also, we would like to remind everyone that he, in fact, did not shoot a man on the White House lawn for treason, which was said by John Travolta in this movie. Yeah. Because, you know, the senator character in the movie um, turned his back on John Travolta, and, of course, John Travolta landed in a helicopter while the senator was fly fishing and spoke that uh, bullshit and then murdered him. Yeah. And, and that, did he just pulled that out of his ass? Yeah, no, it became a myth uh, that's been perpetuated through these 20 years, and it started by this stupid movie. Hmm. <clears throat> as far as I'm aware, Jefferson never shot anybody. Jefferson was the type to get his newspaper buddy to call you a hermaphrodite instead of actually shooting you, which he did to John Adams <laughs> on two occasions. <laughs> It's like, John Adam, you're, you're so pudgy and round, I can't tell if you have a penis or not. I mean, that's, uh, that's a little bit, yeah, like, it's not far off. Got like, it. Jefferson had his newspaper pal like, just, just slander the fuck out of John Adams for years. Uh, yeah, that reminds me of another uh. one of those movie myths. Uh, are you familiar with the movie Tora, Tora, Tora? Vaguely. It's basically the retelling of the Japanese planning Pearl Harbor. I remember the commercials late at night. Yeah, the uh, the movie ends uh, with, of course, Pearl Harbor happening. Uh-huh. The movie execs were very unhappy with the ending of the movie, so they added a line at the end of the movie oh, the of the general giant? saying, yeah. "Yes, uh, yeah, it was successful. However, I have the feeling we've awakened a, a, a sleeping giant." Yeah. And so many idiots now think that's actually a thing, <clears throat> that the uh, the Japanese general actually said that after the Pearl Harbor mission. It's a movie. Yeah. And it was pandering to the American audience that the movie was aimed at. Hollywood mm. pandering? No. Yeah. No. 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 Really? Perish the thought. Also, I, I legit thought when they're doing the whole misdirection reveal, I thought it was going to be like, you see John Travolta getting away, but he pulls off the ma- a mask and it's Howie Berry underneath. <laughs> That's where I thought it was going to go. It's like, no, ma'am, they are not going to do that. Well, no, what if he's going, he's off, and he pulls off the mask and it's Tom Cruise, and we've actually been watching a Mission Impossible this whole time? <laughs> you know, it's possible. Because they have, you know, implausibly perfect. Got to that Mission Impossible somehow. <laughs> but it, it's not but, but crazy with, like, John, uh, with, uh, Tom Cruise just uh, doing all these suicidal stunts. 
Right. But yeah, he's going to jump from space while fucking yeah. a fish. <laughs> oh. I must have missed that one. What a show. Well, we'll tell you what about a afterwards. show. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm tired and I have to work a double shift tomorrow. So I think it's time to wrap this little ditty up in a bow. What do you say? I agree. Yeah, works for me. So. So plugs? Yes. Plugs. This is this has been a shit show. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this has been fun. Good God, this has been a banana sandwich of a show. Yeah, and uh, it has been a travolting development. It's been pretty travolting. Uh, it's been it's a development, been and it definitely developed over time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have been that Canon guy. You can find me at that Canon guy on what is it again? Yeah, Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. And you also this show, uh, Cajun Greatness, is on all the things that are podcast things. So yeah, go find those things and listen to the things. Yeah, well, Canon looks like me after the Taco Bell taste test. <laughs> I'm wore out. I'm fucking exhausted. Yeah. Pat. Uh, yes. Hello. This is Patrick. You can follow me on. Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at John Lost His Name. My art on Facebook at John Lost His Name Art. If you're listening to this the week it comes out, check out things on the AYC8 side of the internet where on Monday we release our summer wrap-up episode. It's where we sort of cap off the summer with a lot of cool stories. Uh, we have a taste test of South American sodas, Filipino snacks, Wenzel's Mad Cat trip to Las Vegas, and a bunch of other little fun goodies. On Tuesday of this week, Tanner released an episode of The Late Takes where he discusses, you know, the, the wild and, and wonderful things that happen over on the wrestling side of Twitter. And also, on Friday, you can look forward to a special episode of The Late Takes where Tanner interviews a lot of his friends about the return of wrestling legend CM Punk. And there might be another CM Punk featured episode starring... Your pals at the Cajun Greatness. Uh, we'll get to that, Pat. So uh, that will be worry. coming along down the pipe the week after. So hang tight for that. Frank? Oh, that was so professional. I feel intimidated now <laughs> with my pitiful, boring Instagram at swarley1145. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> All right. You can follow me on Twitter at J-O-N-I-A-B-Y-24 and John Edson 12 on Letterboxd. And I'm, of course, that ca- Captain Shimmy sort of guy. <laughs> <fella>. <laughs> that Captain Shimmy guy. Captain Shimmy guy. You're welcome. <laughs> that Shimmy guy. Yeah. As much crap as you give Jonathan about messing up his, yeah. and you're the first one to do it. Well, see, I never say my thing super duper fast and just sort of like stare everybody down, like saying, fuck that, you. That is true. <laughs> Do what? not stare y'all down. <laughs> I think it's the other way around. Y'all stare them down. Yeah, you stare me down all the time. I gave up on that bit right. ages ago. Yeah, no, I, I haven't. I stared you down once in like the last two months, I think. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, I'm Captain Shimmy. You can follow me at Captain Shimmy's Kind of Art, Captain Shimmy's Kind of Music. You know where to fucking find me. Just go to the link tree or the Facebook. It doesn't fucking matter. Nobody cares what I do. It's fine. Uh, but as to what Pat was saying, there will be, uh, as of... When I spoke to Tanner, uh, since we had a bye week planned for next week's episode, which releases, if I'm not mistaken, Thursday, September 9th, that's the one. Uh, And because our CM Punk segment with Tanner ran, I know this is going to come as a shock, it was over long and completely (laughs) off the rails. (laughs) He wanted to do 20 to 30 minutes, and we did an hour 10. 
and only about 40% of it was about CM Punk. So uh, because <laughs> we're cross-promoting and because we had a bye week where we weren't going to have an episode, we're just going to do a fun little thing where we both release the episode on September 9th on both of our respective channels. So uh, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out or anytime before the following Thursday, September 9th will be the special Cage Take CM Punk edition where we argue about donuts and shit. So it should be fun. Uh, and uh, my favorite part of that was that, Pat, you were the one who, who really sort of spearheaded the, hey, we should be on the CM Punk thing with you, Tanner. And then you were busy that episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, blame me for <laughs> so <it> was, <laughs> my sister's birthday happening. Yeah, I mean, look at you with your quote-unquote happy family that quote-unquote love and support each other. <laughs> I guess I'm just a, a goddamn unicorn in this town. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, it was just me and Cannon and John and Tanner, and we had a grand old time, so look for that next week. Oh, man, that's going to be a hoot to listen back to. Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> for that. Uh, and, again, for the two of you still listening, we want to say thank you for enjoying this episode of Trafalting Development, or not enjoying it. I don't care. Thanks for listening. We have the views out of the way. Fuck <laughs> you. We got you. We got you. Please, we got you. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, have a good day. Have a good night. Have a good whatever. And uh, go watch Swordfish. And don't let anyone <laughs> travolt your development. Right. Never let anyone travolt your development. <laughs> I was actually going to bring that back tonight. Yeah. Mm. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. I shitted. It's a travolting development. His movies are kind of shit. Fifteen years without a hit. Hey! It's John Travolta. <laughs>